Prologue. February 4, 1879. Mountains near Butte, Montana Territory. She was going to lose both her feet, and maybe her life too if he didn't do something quick. Brian Donahue nudged his horse faster to close the distance as the tiny shrew of a woman tromped through six inches of snow on the far side of the clearing, wearing no shoes and only short sleeves. She was by the edge of the woods, a basket in one hand, the other clutching a rooster tight to her side. From this distance, it looked like the bird pecked steadily at her arm, but he couldn't make out what she prattled on to the animal about as she walked. She didn't seem bothered by the blood oozing down her wrinkled hand. Mrs. Scott? He called across the thirty or so feet separating them. She paused to look up. Yep. As he reined his horse to a stop, a movement above her head grabbed his attention. In the tree, the branches shifted. Not the branches, an animal, long and lean. The perfect mottled brown to hide among the leafless limbs. A mountain lion. Heart pounding, he reached for his rifle and pulled it from the scabbard on the saddle, not taking his focus from the predator. Just like the animal never took its beady eyes from its prey, Mrs. Scott. He didn't dare cry out to the woman. Any movement could make the cat strike. Instead, he cocked the Winchester and raised it to his shoulder, sighting down the barrel. What do you need? Mrs. Scott turned and started toward him. The cougar raised onto its all fours, tensing to leap. He pulled the trigger, sending a prayer heavenward that his aim would hold true against the gun's recoil. A blast rent the air, then a terrific scream. The animal soared from the tree. It didn't quite land on the woman, but only a few feet separated them. Brian pumped the rifle's lever and aimed again. The cat writhed on the ground, then seemed to regain its footing, again setting its sights on the woman. Brian squeezed the trigger a second time. The explosion ricocheted through the clearing. The mountain lion slumped to the ground, motionless, as an eerie silence took over the area. Brian vaulted from his horse and lunged through the snow to meet the older woman. Are you hurt, ma'am? A glance at the cat showed a bloody patch where the second shot had done its job. She turned to him, squinting against the sunlight's reflection on ice. What? The rooster in her arms wiggled and pecked furiously at her restraining hand. Can I help you with that bird? What are you doing in this snow without shoes and a coat? We have to get you inside. She tilted her head, eyeing him as though he'd told her to stand on her head and recite the alphabet. Why'd I want to do that? Brian reached for the bird. The poor woman's arm was almost mutilated by its steady pecks. At her age, she stood a strong risk of infection from the open wound growing wider by the second. Mrs. Scott pulled back clutching the rooster tighter to her side. It responded with a squawk and pecked even faster. Ma'am, I'll carry that rooster wherever you want me to take him. Just let me help. And as soon as he wrested the bird from her, he had to get the old lady out of this snow. What little he could see of the skin on her feet shone a waxy pink. It'd be a miracle akin to raising Lazarus if she came out of this with all her toes intact. With her wrinkled lips pinched so hard they disappeared, 
she finally extended the rooster to him. I was on my way to the chopping block with this one. Gonna surprise your pa with a good stew tonight. Would you knock his head off for me, son? Brian clutched the wriggling creature in both hands. Yes, ma'am. He turned away and took long strides toward the chicken shed. The bird craned its neck to peck him. No, you don't. Just like he'd done a hundred times with his mother's chickens, Brian gripped both legs and hung the animal upside down. As he settled the rooster into the pen and secured the door behind it, his mind played through Mrs. Scott's words. It sure sounded like she thought he was her son, not the doctor from the town five hours north. And didn't she remember her husband had passed away two months before? He'd been worried about her mental state then. She'd seemed confused and forgetful, but nothing like this.